1: All right, welcome in to another Lake Show here on the Good Neighbor News Talk, 830 WCCO. Happy to have you with me tonight. If you're out there driving around, be safe on the roads, plenty of snow. Don't go too fast. I want to start tonight's show with a very um, serious topic that involves all of us. Uh, We'll get to sports items in a little bit because I have three sports-related guests that will join us here on the show tonight. But when I think about what did I want to start with tonight on the show, it is the importance of thinking about checking in and checking on people that you value people that you care about. And it's December the 15th. And we are in the midst of the holiday season. And so I think that so many of us, because we move so fast, right? Every single day of our lives, we're coming and going, we're doing this, we're doing that. We're doing happy hours. We're hanging out with um, our friends, we're, we're shopping. It's that, it's that season, right, where we start to think about celebrations and we think about Christmas shopping and we think about gatherings. And we just we get so caught up in that that sometimes we don't give ourselves the opportunity to relax, to take a deep breath, Or to even check on our friends. And if there's anything that I want to stress tonight. It's valuing the moment that we're living in. And checking in on your people. Because when we start talking about depression. And anxiety. It's a real thing. And I think that. What's so difficult about this time of year is that we think about holiday parties and celebrations and ringing in the new year, and we mask a lot of the struggles that we have. And so when that happens, the tragedies catch us off guard. And, and I was thinking about this today, not just because of Stephen Twitch boss passing away yesterday at the age of 40, committing suicide, and how big of a story that has been. And thinking about my own family, and, and many years ago, my older cousin committing suicide and taking his life. And knowing others that have done the same. I, th- I thought about this story specifically as my lead topic tonight. Because of a local sports athlete who has made some news today. Tyrell Terry. Uh, one of us, Minnesotan. Went to De La Salle. He was the Dallas Mavericks' 31st overall pick in 2020. And from a report from Callie Kaplan, who is the Mavs reporter for the Dallas News, Terry just announced his retirement from basketball. Let me repeat to you guys. He was drafted 31st overall in 2020. And he's already calling it quits. Let me read to you what he posted. He says, this message, I'm going to read it in its entirety. This message is a very difficult one to share and an emotional one to write. Today, I decided to let go of the game that has formed a large part of my identity. Something that has guided my path since I took my first steps. While I achieved amazing accomplishments, created unforgettable memories, and made lifelong friends, I've also experienced the darkest times of my life. To the point where instead of building me up, it began to destroy me. Where I began to despise and question the value of myself much more than those surrounding me could ever see or know. Intrusive thoughts, waking up nauseous, and finding myself struggling to take normal breaths because of the rock that would sit on my chest that seemed to weigh more than I could carry. This is just a brief description of the anxiety this sport has caused me. And while I'm grateful for every door it has opened for me, I can't continue this fight any longer for something I have fallen out of love with. To most, I will be forever known as a bust, a failure, or a waste of talent. While those may be true when it comes to basketball, it is the biggest failures in life that lead to the greatest success. There's more for me out there in this vast world, and I'm extremely excited to be able to explore that and for the feet to the greatest success. There's more for me out there in this vast world, and I am extremely excited to be able to explore that, and for the first time to be able to find my identity outside of being a basketball player. I am eternally grateful to those who have believed in me and apologize to those that I have let down. But I'm headed down a different path now, one that will hopefully lead to happiness and being able to love myself again. Yours truly, Ty Terry. I applaud this young man because he understood that his life is valued and he is important in this world. He is not just a basketball player. And basketball was not bringing him joy and happiness. And he said, I have to step away. This is not who I am. I want to live a long, productive, healthy life. And there were a few things in his post that stood out to me. That's scary to think about. The part where he says, to most, I will forever be known as a bust. And I get it. In this sports realm, we talk like that about people. And it's not fair and it's not right. And we know what the expectations are when you're a first-round pick or you're in um, a professional sports league. But in the real way that we should value each other, none of that stuff should really matter. And when I started thinking about (sighs) Stephen Boss's suicide yesterday and just the struggles, that we all may go through. The one thing that is apparent and we have to be cognizant of this is that regardless of what we see and we think we know about somebody, we truly don't have any idea the hurt and pain that people are dealing with. So understand that during the course of this holiday season. If there's anybody that would like to weigh in, 651-461-9226, but also – I want to share um, a little bit more just about the struggles that people go through because I've got friends that I care about, that I talk to on a regular basis, that during this holiday season suffer just as much as personalities, as famous folks, athletes, and the such. We get to that next year on The Lake Show. All right, welcome back to the Lake Show, News Talk 830 WCCO. You know, I definitely, you know, one of the things that I think about when I'm interacting with my friends and I'm bugging them, right? Like I'm checking in on them to make sure that they're good or whatever, is that I don't want, um, it's funny because I, I don't, I'm not trying to be a bugaboo with people, right? When I'm checking on them, but I would rather be the person that people say, you know what? Uh, he checked on me too much as opposed to he didn't check on me enough. I'd rather be that guy. And so when we think about the struggle of the holiday season and some people being down and some people being frustrated with life or just down or depressed, I think that collectively we should make sure that we monitor each other a little bit better. Now, I'm not saying that this is going to in any way eliminate people that struggle with depression. But I, I do think, at least it, at least for me, it makes me a better friend. I'll give you a couple of, of examples. I have a friend, and she's, she's amazing. Great person. She's very, very um, caring about others. But she, I would say, you look at her situation, and she's a great mom. She doesn't have the greatest spouse. And her spouse is not somebody that I think um, really cares about her the way that, that he should. And so with that, she's down a lot. And she struggles with that. And she's pretty open about it. And, you know, one of the things that I try to do is be very, very upliftful, uplifting when I talk to her or just about how much she's valued and how much she's cared. But a lot of times you cannot really see that in that specific moment. All you feel is the pain. All you feel is the hurt. And that's hard to, to look past. I have another friend. Who's also an amazing mother. Who loves her three children. And you're talking about on the grind, she is superwoman. She's doing a million different things to look after her kids, a sports mom, and running them to practice and doing everything that she can to support them. And she, unfortunately, has um, an ex-partner who isn't the greatest human being in the world, who isn't super supportive, who's done a lot of damage to her, And so she's dealing with the trauma all the time. She's battling the depression all the time. But you know what? She can't sit and wallow in that because she's got kids to raise. And she can't sit around and be depressed 24-7. But you know what? I think about her all the time and I'm cognizant of the hurt and the pain that she's dealing with and just trying to be supportive. I think that now more than ever, we have to start breaking down the stigma that people have when we start talking about depression and anxiety and those people that have lost their lives due to suicide. Because all this stuff about people being weak and and not being strong, man, I'm not trying to hear any of that. My family's dealt with that. Like a lot of other families have dealt with that. And we all have friends that need assistance, that need help, that need our support. 651-461-9226. Let's take a phone call from Ed, who's calling in from, from St. Paul. What's up, Ed?
2: Hey, Henry. I love the topic tonight. You know, I, I'm – I've got a quick story to tell you that kind of, it doesn't really dovetail into what you're talking about tonight, but it's, it's insightful. I have a a friend who was a a scout for the Mets. He's not with the Mets anymore. Mm -hmm. One year, the Mets had the first round pick and when you, uh, the first pick in the first round. So they're the first overall. And when that happens, I mean, they bring all the scouts in the organization to talk to the kid, to scout him, to see what's going on. and, my friend and a couple other scouts said, you know, there's just something about this kid that's a little bit off-center. And he was head head and shoulders above everybody else, talent-wise, in the draft. Yep. And I'm talking 20-some years ago. And so they passed on him. And another another club signed him, big bonus. During his first minor league season, his dad died. Mm. The player's dad died. Mm. He wrote the the Jerry Maguire letter to the club and said, I hate baseball. I've never liked baseball. I have no one to please anymore. So I'm not going to do it. I'm done. I resign." And he quit the team. Hmm. And, you know, it, it kind of, I, I'm after hearing that story from the, this friend of mine, I'm very hesitant to criticize any professional athlete for what they do between the chalk lines or on the striped field or anything else. It's a different world. I mean, it's, it's, they're doing things when you talk about basketball and football, these athletes are so amazing. They do things we could never dream of doing Yep, and to be critical of them is ludicrous.
1: And and, and this is the thing, Ed, you know, after I saw the story earlier about, The local kid Tyrell Terry. Um, I got a text from a friend of mine who was a former first round pick in the NBA, and he just simply said that people have no idea the pressure, they have no idea the stress, they have no idea, you know what it's what it's like to be under the microscope and having people just watching you twenty four seven. Now, now, now he wasn't saying in any way, shape, or form that hey, the money's not good, or that you know I'm saying that there aren't perks and there aren't benefits. But I think that we all look at that and we understand that part, but we don't understand the other part of it. You know what I'm saying?
2: Right. When they're on the field they're not people to these to the critics. They're not people. It's like their entire life is what happens on the on the sport field. They're people. Yep. yep. They, they they have they have lives of their own besides what they do for a living. And people can't a lot of people unfortunately can't separate that.
1: Yep, No, I'm and with they, you.
2: They go, they go to, they go to work. I go to work and I fail. I, I do things wrong at work. You know, I mean.
1: <laughs> but, but we're, we're, <laughs> uh, we're not under, we're not on the world stage the way that they are. Yeah. I'm doing a radio show and all of this stuff, or whatever. And yeah, I do different things from time to time, but it's, it is absolutely a little bit different. Thanks for the phone call. I appreciate it, Ed in St. Paul. And he's a hundred percent right. Like, I understand all of that, and I know that they, they have a job to do. But on the other hand, man, we, we – in these moments like this, I can look at Tyrell Terry and appreciate him as the human being. I'm not going to view him as a bust. I'm not going to view him as a failure and appreciate him as the human being. I'm not going to view him as a bust. I'm not going to view him as a failure. I'm just going to look at him as human and somebody that said, I need to do what's best for my life the same way that I value and covet my friends that have personal challenges and personal struggles as well, because we all do. All right, so we'll take a break. We'll check in with the meteorologist, Paul Douglas, and we'll talk a little Minnesota wild hockey with Dave Mizzotani from the St. Paul Pioneer Press. He joins us next year on The Lake Show. <laughs> you can tell Dennis is in the building. Dennis is going back to the seventies. <laughs> all, all, all right, welcome back to the Lake Show News Talk eight three zero WCCO. Time to check in on the John Schuster Cole Baker Hotline with a friend of the show, Dane Bizzitani. Let's talk some Minnesota Wild hockey here on the show, Dane. Always a pleasure to have you on, and thanks for joining us, man. Happy holidays to you and yours.
3: You too, Lake. How you doing?
1: I'm doing awesome, man. I'm doing good. I am. Um, I'm having no issues with the weather. Like I know that the snow was coming. It's not that bad out there. Actually, I thought the commute in wasn't too bad at all. I don't know how how you've been kind of navigating throughout the day.
3: Yeah, the the cold is, is not here, so that's good. Um, but the snow was heavy today, man. I I shoveled the driveway, and it was, uh, it was a little work out there.
1: I know. I feel you on that, man. Well, let's talk some wild hockey and. Man the Wild are doing pretty well nowadays like they've mm-hmm. they've went on a nice little stretch here the last few weeks um of just playing really really good hockey and now to be honest before the uh, the two game losing streak to Edmonton and in Calgary right before that they mm-hmm. had won what four consecutive games and it was mm-hmm. more so they were outscoring people as opposed to just playing complete you know great you know defense as well as offense but but here lately they've been Playing a lot better, Goating has been a lot better. What do you make of this uh, this recent stretch here of, uh, of wild hockey here, and, and the reason for their success?
3: Yeah, it's been it's been good to see um, because I think after that four game winning streak a week and a half ago, people were kind of wondering is this thing for real? Because like you said, they were scoring a lot of goals, um, not defending super well, um, and then to drop both of those games in Canada against the Calgary Flames, Edmonton Oilers, you know, back to back nights. I think people were worried, you know, is this could this be a downturn? And, and they've really come out of that really nicely. They, they've won three in a row now after, you know, dominating the Detroit Red Wings yesterday, um, 4-1 victory. Um, you, you've seen it, like you said, goaltending's been better, but they've been way, way, way better in front of the goaltenders too. So the goaltenders have made the saves when they've had to, whether it be Mark andre Fleury or, or Philip Gustafson, um, but the, de- the defense in front has been spectacular.
1: Hey, speaking of uh, Freddie Goudreau, I mean, he's been re- he's been good. And, and, and yesterday scoring a couple of goals against uh, Detroit. Uh, w- what do you make of how he's coming along and progressing?
3: Yeah, I think he's been – he's someone who – Dean Evison loves him, right? Dean Evison had him in, in Milwaukee, had him in the AHL. So he's a guy that Dean Evison has become really familiar with. And because of that, you've seen Freddie get these opportunities in the lineup. And I think for a long time people were wondering, like, why does this guy keep getting these opportunities? Well, you're starting to see it. Like Dean Everson knew that there was some you know, untapped potential offensively inside Freddie Goudreau, and he's really showing it now on a nightly basis. He obviously got the two, the two goals yesterday. Um, he had a goal through the game before that. Um, it's not even the goals, though. It's, he's always getting chances. He's generating chances. He's generating looks for other people on his line. Right now he's playing alongside Matt Boldy and then the kid. Sammy Walker coming up, former Gophers captain, um, you know, dominated the AHL and, and got the call uh, about a week and a half ago before that road trip. Um, and he's been good too. But yeah, Freddie Goudreau in the middle makes that thing go. Um, and I think it's probably validation for, for, uh, for Dean Nevison because he's, he's given this guy a lot of chances and he's, he's really believed in this kid. Um, and now Freddie Goudreau is, is, is showing him, you know, night in night out that, that he can be a, a really good player in this league.
1: Talking to Dane Mizutani from the St. Paul Pioneer Press. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Dane Mizzitani. And he's joining us here on the, uh, the Good Neighbor. All right, so when I look at the Wild and how they've been playing recently, it's much different than how they started the year. But I feel like mm-hmm. the theme of the season, Dane, has been inconsistency. So with that being the theme, at least to this particular point, what are reasonable expectations? I, I don't know how to really view this team. <clears throat>
3: Yeah, see, it's hard because I think they're a playoff team. I think no doubt about it. I think Kuro Kaprizov, any team he's on, whether it's the Wild or whatever team, that team won't miss the playoffs. Like, that guy will not let them miss the playoffs. So he's he's a top-ten player, sometimes top-five player. So I think the Wild are a, a playoff team with with some upside. I think you're going to see if things continue to trend in the right direction, if they can harness some sort of consistency moving forward. I I know Bill Guerin is you know he hasn't said he's going to go come out and and make a big trade but he's always answering the phones he's always making phone calls he's always kind of monitoring that side of things um, and I know like deep down he he wants a top six forward to go up you know put in that top half of the lineup and and help Kaprizov with the scoring but right now you, you see a guy like Matt Boldy coming along you know, Matt Matt Zuccarello is playing very very well Freddie Goudreau like we talked about. Bill Guerin said a couple of weeks ago, you know, I want the team to figure it out themselves. I don't want to have to go step in and and necessarily trade for someone or trade someone away. And so you're seeing the team kind of figure it out themselves. I think it's a playoff team. I think that's reasonable expectations. And and when I look at it at the end of the day, right? Like last year, the team scored 113 points in the regular season, franchise record, Mm -hmm. but they lost in the first round of the playoffs. So Will this team score a franchise record, 113 points again? Like, no, I don't think they they will. I don't think there's going to be quite enough consistency for them to kind of put off or pull off a couple of runs and, and point streaks needed to kind of get to that number. But I think that they could push someone in the first round. I think they placed stingy enough. I think they're hard to play against. And regardless of how good the regular season was last year, they still lost in the first round. So if they sneak into the playoffs and they somehow get out of the first round, then by nature that is a more successful season. So I think that's possible. That's within their reach. Um, I think they might need a little more help, though, before we we get down that road.
1: All right, Dane, I didn't ask you this last season, and I haven't asked you this so far to this point, but I'm going to go ahead and ask it now because it's undeniable. We both agree that Carrillo is the best player in this organization on this team, but is he the leader of the team?
3: Uh, see, that's hard because, like, I think he leads in his own way. I, I think he, like, night in, night out, um, if you need something to happen, Kirill is going to put his head down, and he's going to make it happen. And I think he's a superstar in the league that, that scores a lot of these pretty goals, but he has the respect of his teammates. Because um, Marcus Foligno said it earlier this year. Like, he is a superstar with amazing talent that works his butt off like a fourth liner. He, he goes to work every night. You know, a lot of these goals, are highlight reels. The other, you know, half of them are grindy right in front of the net, you know, battling off a couple of people and and just making it happen, um, using his body in front. So I think he leads that way. But I think if we want to talk vocal leader, um, it's got to be a guy like Marcus Alino, like Matt Dumba. Um, Even Captain Jared Spurgeon, like, he's not the most vocal leader on the team. And I think that's what makes him such a good captain. Like, he understands how to lead and how to lead in his own way and also how to delegate leadership. Um, So I think... The team and the leadership as a whole, you know, starts and stops with Jared Spurgeon. But, you know, there's so many different avenues of leadership. So Marcus Salino, Matt Dumba, vocal leaders. um, But certainly Kuro Kaprizov, a a leader on the ice. When you you need something, he makes it happen.
1: Yeah. We're talking to Dame Zatani from the St. Paul Pioneer Press here on the John Schuster Cole Banker Hotline. And so we face uh, Chicago tomorrow, then Ottawa on Sunday. So a couple of games jammed into the uh into the X here this weekend. And then after that, next week, they're on the road. Anaheim, San Jose, Winnipeg, and then they come back uh, right before the New Year's and, and face Dallas and go back actually on New Year's Eve and they face uh the St. Louis Blues. What do you make mm-hmm. of the stretch here the next week and a half as we kinda close out the the twenty twenty two port and they face uh, the St. Louis Blues. What do you make mm-hmm. of the stretch here, the next week and a half, as we kind of close out the, the 2022 portion of the 2022-23 season?
3: Yeah, I think we can kind of cut it up into two parts. You know, before Christmas and then after Christmas, because they have that three three and four you know three and a half four day break um, right around Christmas time. The NHL doesn't no no games on Christmas Eve, no games day after Christmas, um, no games on Christmas itself. So the Wild have won three straight right now, and like you said play Chicago in Ottawa at home, and then they travel to California for two games right before Christmas. I think realistically you should try, you can win every single one of those games and maybe there's going to be a slip up here and there. Um, not often in, in the NHL do seven game winning streaks, you know, come together because the NHL is such a fickle league. You can play really well one night and, and still not get the result. but the they are better than every single team. They're going to play before Christmas and right now they've won three in a row they need to start banking points we've talked about it. lake their their consistency or lack thereof so why not put your head down and and, and win these four games and and don't even screw around with 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 these teams that you're much much better than and then you know take your chances after christmas break because the schedule is a lot harder than that. then you got winnipeg then you got dallas then you got st louis on new year's eve so those those games are going to test you right before the you know the turn of the calendar year uh, but if you can bank points right now against teams that that are worse than you, you got to do it. And and the Wild haven't done that with enough consistency this season. It's why they're flirting on the edge of the playoff bubble. Uh, but if they can put together four really good games here before Christmas, uh, I think they're going to be in good shape.
1: All right, Dane. I know that we always talk Wild with you. I do want to ask you one question about another team that you cover. I just recently mm-hmm. saw you at the uh, the Jets uh, Vikings game. You you covered the Minnesota Vikings as well for the Saint Paul Pioneer Press with Chris Thomason. Um, can this team win anything or go anywhere with the way that this defense has been playing here lately?
3: Not anything of substance. I think they can get out of the first round. Um, I think their offense might be good enough on its own to get past, whether it be the New York Giants, uh, the Seattle Seahawks, Washington Commanders, um, any team that you're probably going to see in, in that wildcard weekend, I think you're good enough to get past those people with you know whatever team shows up, whatever defense shows up. But But no. If you want to be realistic about Super Bowl expectations, something needs to change on this defense. It's the worst in the league as far as giving up yards. There haven't been a lot of adjustments. Um, you know, it's, it's constant in playing off coverage, giving up nine yards of play when you do. Uh, you can't win like that. You can't beat San Francisco like that. You cannot beat Dallas like that. We saw what happened. You can't beat Philadelphia like that. They're a, they're a wagon right now. We're all down the tracks. Uh, so th- something needs to change. The Vikings have a month to figure it out. It would shock me if we don't see at least some sort of adjustments on, on Saturday when, when Indy comes to town. But, yeah, four weeks to figure out how to fix your defense. It's not going to be a wholesale change. It's going to have to be a Band-Aid right now. Um, but if they don't, then this once-promising season, I think, could go off the rails pretty quickly.
1: All right, if you were getting a free bet in Vegas on the team to come out of NFC, who would you make that bet on?
3: got to be Philly uh, I, I I'm really tempted to say Dallas um, because I think a lot of that stems from watching them just dismantle the Vikings in that 37 point blowout I think that defense is really good I, I think Dak and those weapons are really good but I, I think it would be disrespectful to Philly and everything they've done to this point not to pick them um, Jalen Hurts uh, come on he's the MVP like I don't even know why we're talking about it anymore um, he's the MVP the defense—they they loaded up. They got weapons all across the board. Miles Sanders is, is doing his thing in the backfield, and then AJ Brown, Devontae Smith on the outside—they're uh, dangerous. And everything's going to have to go through Philly, which everyone knows is really hard to play in the link, and it's really really hard to play there in the playoffs. So if if, if I'm a if I'm a betting man, I'm going Philly. Um, but the, the cool thing is, you know, we can all be wrong sometimes. And in, in yep. the the NFL playoffs is a one game thing, so. Anything could happen, and I think the Vikings are obviously hoping to tap into that.
1: He does a phenomenal job covering the Minnesota Wild and the Minnesota Vikings for the St. Paul Pioneer Press. Uh, Give him a follow on Twitter, at Dane Mizzitani. It is Dane Mizzitani from the St. Paul Pioneer Press. Hey, Dane, if I don't uh, catch up with you before Christmas, man, uh, Merry Christmas and happy holidays to you and yours, and I'll talk to you soon.
3: You too, Lake. All All right, right, take take care. All right, that's
1: uh, Dane Mizzitani joining us here on The Good Neighbor. All right, we'll take a break, come back. Final uh, couple of uh, minutes here in the opening hour of the Lake Show. All right, as we close out the opening hour here on the Lake Show, the the lead topic when I just talked about checking in with your friends and family and just people that you care about to make sure that they're good and they're okay and not... um, just kind of chalk up the holiday season as a time to just celebrate and everybody's in a great mood because we all – life happens, man. We all have struggles. Um, if you or someone you know is struggling with suicidal thoughts, mental health matters, please call or text the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. Text 988-988 connect with a trained counselor, or you can visit the Lifeline site, uh, which is 988lifeline.org. And I feel like this has been an important message for me to put out there because we, I think we take for granted that the people that we come in contact with on a daily basis, whether at work, um, just friends that you have in your circle, That they're going to be there. We have been through a whole heck of a lot. We go through a whole heck of a lot. We've been through this damn pandemic, and it feels like it's not even over because now we got all this other stuff, this RSV and all this other stuff that people are getting sick with. So all of that takes a toll on us mentally. There are so many people in the world today that are stressed out. If it's not one thing, it's another. We talk about inflation. We talk about kids, you know, trying to pay your bills, put food on the table. There's a lot that we have to deal with. So if uh, if you or somebody else is struggling, um, please, I urge you, um, shoot that text to 988. Um, get that chat going with the trained counselor. Because, you know, just speaking for myself, Henry Lake, and I'm pretty sure I speak for Dennis as well, who's producing tonight, Dennis Batuzak, we care about you. I know that I care about you here at The Good Neighbor. And I want us all to have a a happy holiday and and a merry new year and all of that. But um, it's a lot. It's a lot right now. All right, coming up next, some rumors going on with the Minnesota Timberwolves. There's speculation that there could potentially be a former Wolf by the name of Patrick Beverly, that he becomes –